It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. So what's going on? It is October 5th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Welcome to the show. And the show is made possible by patrons like Grace and Patrick, Trudy, and Ron, and Sarah, David, Jeff, and Nicole, Jan, Monica, Stephen, Josh, Andy, James, and Eugene. I appreciate all of the support. I could not do the program without you guys. Today's show is all about the messiness that is North Carolina politics and how it is garnering a lot of national attention. Yay! Sexting and COVID and October surprises and accusations of ableism against a paraplegic congressional candidate, dueling court rulings over absentee ballots. It's all on deck. Uh, But first, Mattress Man. When I first launched the podcast uh, almost uh, now, I guess nine months ago, we we launched it back in February. And um, Mattress Man stores, Chuck, the owner, he immediately reached out and said, I want to support the show. That's the kind of guy he is. Uh, He says, we have to support our neighbors. And uh, it's that same sort of philosophy that he takes in business and in the community when a local charity needed beds for their shelter, Mattress Man gave them the beds. When veterans need a job, Mattress Man Stores hires them. That's the kind of people they are, all of the folks at Mattress Man Stores. That's why I'm honored to tell you about their business. So Christy and I bought our memory foam mattress from Mattress Man about uh, seven or eight years ago now, and we love it. We say it's like sleeping on a big marshmallow because you just sink right into the thing. And uh, Mattress Man, though, they, they've got more than just the memory foam. They've got inner spring, pillow top, natural latex mattresses, along with adjustable bases so you can elevate your head and feet. And Mattress Man is locally owned and operated with four stores in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide. They have local five-star delivery service. Now, uh, maybe you're a truck-owning, self-starting, do-it-yourself, red-blooded American within driving distance or so. You can go grab a mattress yourself, though. If you don't want to have the delivery, head on over and you can grab a mattress from their warehouse. They have a massive inventory. Unlike a lot of uh, stores in the industry they uh, that got hit with shortages, they're experiencing shortages right now because COVID and all that, um, their mattress man is not, okay? So if you want to go swing by the, uh, the warehouse, you can grab in, uh, a mattress and then take off. Um, but again, they've got local five-star delivery service, so you don't have to do that yourself if you don't want to. They have the triple zero deal still going on, zero money down, zero interest for two years, and zero payments for 90 days. Take advantage of it while it's in effect. Experience the difference at Mattress Man, buy local, and sleep better. Alrighty, so this might be the least sexy sexting scandal ever. The... (laughs) One of the pieces of advice I heard a long time ago is never write an email, send a text message, uh, make a social media post, anything like that. Never write something that uh, you would not be comfortable seeing blown up to about the size of, I don't know what, 15 by 20 or so on the side of the wall in a courtroom. Okay, if you are not going to be comfortable listening to somebody read your words back to you in a courtroom in front of other people, then you probably shouldn't write it. 
Okay, it's it's a pretty good piece of advice. Just like treat every microphone like it is on. Somebody asked me the other day during one of the live streams we do, by the way, for patrons of the program, we do live streams every single Thursday. And uh, also you can join the Facebook group. It's a closed group, but we do one a month over there as well. But somebody asked me if I had uh, if I because of how long I've been in radio, do I. Uh, keep my language clean because I've just, you know, trained myself basically to not say bad words. <laughs> and like, oh, if you only knew me in real life. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> no, I generally, I mean, yes, I do know the words and I will employ them on occasion, but I generally don't because, uh, you, again, you never know when there's a microphone on, especially out in public. You never know who's recording you. I always have to you know, I like when I go out, I assume that I'm going to run into somebody I know or somebody's going to try to videotape me. Not that, uh, you know, not that that has happened yet, but you, if you go into it with that assumption, you're on your best behavior. So, really, I've become a, a lot more courteous driver and person uh, since I became quasi famous. <laughs> anyway, this, uh, this latest sexting scandal this is U.S. Senate Democratic candidate Cal Cunningham. He admits that he was macking on another veteran's wife after a series of barely steamy text messages surfaced. I, I want to read these to you. They're like, when, okay, I read the story initially. This, th- this story was reported first on Thursday at a website called National File. Never heard of it. And uh, the alumni, uh, I was told uh, by one person uh, with knowledge of the situation, that they are, uh, or some of the people that work there are Alex Jones people. Uh, There were also some folks that came out of Breitbart. And so I just didn't know anything about them. And so I said, well, I'm going to wait for somebody else with a little bit more credibility to report on it. And then WRAL did the story. And I said, no, wait, somebody else. Oh, come on, I kid. I actually do find them to be more credible because there is at least a semblance of uh, standards when it comes to a story like this that they feel like they have to hit if they're going to report on it. Now, if they had not done any reporting on it whatsoever, I would have taken my time and tried to find out more information about the story and who did it. I would have contacted the reporter. But within a day, it uh, it got confirmed, helpfully, by the campaign itself. Um, because he... Um, uh, uh, Cal Cunningham, uh, I guess they knew that the text messages were legit. And so they just decided, you know, we're not even going to bother trying to, uh, to lie about it. So yes, we're going to own it. Uh, oh, also there's another story I'll get to, uh, that the Cunningham campaign tried to shut down a reporter at the news and observer during an editorial board endorsement meeting, but don't worry. They're probably still going to endorse him anyway. Okay. So just in case you were concerned that they were not going to endorse him, I'm putting my money on yes to endorsing Cal Cunningham. I mean, I'm sure they'll say something like, well, it's troubling and we hope he doesn't have any more lapses in judgment. It is a personal matter, but we still hate Tillis, that kind of thing. Um, Oh, and also Cunningham's opponent, Tom Tillis, caught COVID. So we're going to get to all of that. So here is the uh, story from Brian Murphy out of the Raleigh News and Observer. He is their D.C. Bureau reporter. Uh, He says, North Carolina Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Cal Cunningham, a married father of two, sent text messages of a sexual nature, barely, to a woman who is not his wife, his campaign confirmed on Friday night. The text messages between Cunningham and Arlene Guzman Todd, a public relations strategist from California, who, as I understand it, does work for marijuana legalization 
organizations. Uh, anyway, they were first reported Thursday night by NationalFile.com. The report included pictures of the text messages in which Cunningham and Guzman, who was also married, according to the report, talked about kissing each other and more, but barely more. The Cunningham campaign confirmed the authenticity of the text messages. Cunningham, who has been leading in polling in his pivotal U.S. Senate race against Republican incumbent Tom Tillis, said Friday night that he's not dropping out of the race. Because, of course not, why would he? This is not something that you have to drop out of, uh, out of politics anymore for. We're, we are at a point, folks, in case you're not aware, we're at a point now where, just like in France, where politicians are generally expected to cheat on their wives. That's the deal. I don't like it, but that's where we are. There, There's this assumption that, of course, they do it. Now, I track this history back to Bill Clinton because I'm old enough to have remembered going through that when Bill Clinton, uh, you know, had all of the affairs. And in some cases, OK, maybe a little sexual assault thrown in over the years. But the big deal was that, you know, the Monica Lewinsky affair, that he had had this uh, uh, intern uh, in his in the Oval Office, and he had engaged in sex acts, and then he lied about it, and then he lied under oath about it, and then he got disbarred, and he got impeached, but then he beat it because the Democrats said, we don't care. That's his personal life. Get over it. You guys are such prudes. He's for abortion, so we're totally fine with any of this. And Republicans at the time, I remember, they said that uh, if this is the standard, then don't expect us to live by it either. And... Fast forward a few cycles and Donald Trump, everybody. <laughs> right? How do you think we ended up here? This is why it's so funny to me that the left still doesn't even understand this. The reason why your uh, accusations, they're not even accusations, right? We all, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you don't agree with this. Maybe you don't believe this to be the case. But Donald Trump, quite obviously, has had multiple affairs over the course of his entire life. Okay? He wrote a book about it. So uh, the idea that uh, he's, you know, true to his his spouse, that's absurd. But does anybody care? Did anybody judge him based on that? No, they did not. And the left tried to make Trump supporters do so. And it doesn't work because you guys had the Clinton standard. And just in case anybody had forgotten it, you nominated his spouse. <laughs> so so as to remind everybody about all of that baggage. So on the one hand, you're trying to make an argument that we need to remember, you know, Donald Trump cheated on all of his wives. And we're going to uh, try to convince you that this is a disqualifying characteristic by running the spouse of a president who cheated on his wife many, many, many times. So, no, nobody cares anymore. So now that Cal Cunningham got busted with these text messages, um, the idea that he would step aside, he would resign from the race, that's not going to happen. And Republicans are like, you know, he should resign. And the Democrats are like, oh, yeah, well, Trump, very exactly correct. And yes, well, Trump and yes, well, Clinton. And so nobody cares. So we're at the point now, just like in these foreign uh, systems, like I'm thinking of France, for example, where... Uh, you know, it's, it's it's just understood that all of these politicians have mistresses. So congratulations, everybody. The coarsening of the culture. I'm sure this is this is about feminism, though. I'm sure there's some benefit to women. I'm just not seeing. But awesome job, everybody. Great job on the uh, cultural slide. Uh, the Cunningham campaign put out a statement saying, quote, I have hurt my family, disappointed my friends, and am deeply sorry. The first step in repairing those relationships is taking complete responsibility, which I do. 
I ask that my family's privacy be respected in this personal matter. I remain grateful and humbled by the ongoing support that North Carolinians have extended in this campaign and in the remaining weeks before the election. I'll continue to work to earn the opportunity to fight for the people of our state. Cunningham met his wife, Elizabeth, in 1997. The couple has two teenage children. Um, This was, hang on a second here, I have the audio. This was Joanna Rodriguez from Spectrum News. And she sent out a tweet of of a video clip that was shot. It was recorded before all of this broke. Elizabeth says as voters evaluate their decision this fall, the man her husband presents himself to be in public is who he is in real life. I don't know that there's a lot of mystery. I think he's, he's pretty authentic, and um, I think that's one of the things that really um, that people like about him when they meet him. Say the one thing that, um, that people may not know is that he works harder than anyone I've ever known. Okay. Um I don't know why they would put audio underneath her soundbite. She has a very raspy voice. I apologize for that. But she's making the argument here that, hey, this is the guy who he presents himself to be in real life or to the public, I should say, is who he is in private life as well. Yeah, I don't know about that. And maybe that's not such a great thing after these emails or text messages come to light. I don't know. Um, just bad timing all around. I do feel terrible for uh, for her and for the kids. It's just awful. And by the way, when did this happen? It happened... Within the last three months, this this is this is recent. The text messages don't contain any dates on them, but in one of them, he says, "Well, here I'll just let me just read them because I have them." Should I do voices? <laughs> should I do different voices for these? I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. Now, here's something you should do: is go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. That is something you should do. I've been, you should go as well. They've got a ton of uh, gear and clothing and really cool gift ideas, by the way, for Christmas. It's coming up. But they've also got right now cold weather gear and clothing. Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus has got uh, military-grade thermal underwear in all sizes. These things are super warm. Wool socks, wool sweaters, military field jackets, not just in camouflage, also solid green, wood and fleece, toboggans and Gore-Tex jackets, everything that you need also to build an emergency kit for your car. So God forbid you slide off the road or something, you're going to be able to survive for a while until somebody finds you. You got emergency rations uh, that are not going to get spoiled by heat or cold. You get the space blanket, you get a shovel to dig out, all the stuff. He can help you. And don't forget the first aid kit as well. Backpacks as well. Military-grade backpacks, these things are going to last you way longer than the stuff that falls apart like the first time it rains you pick up at the big box stores. Don't get those. Get military-grade backpacks for the kids for when they finally get back to school (laughs) at Old Grouch's Military Surplus uh, for more than three decades. Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. So here are the text message. Uh, Here's the exchange. Uh, I need to figure out, hang on a second. I need to make sure that I know who is who here. Okay, so. Hey, that's my, this is my Cal Cunningham impression. Hey, and you are historically sexy every day and night. Should I put in the emoji with the kiss like that? What is historically sexy? What does that mean? Like, 
I'm not even, I'm not going to, I won't do this. I will, uh, that's just purient. Okay. She then says, when can I see you? I want to kiss you. And I kiss back a lot. She says, get away for a night soon. The longer we wait, the crazier fall schedules we'll get. Um, in the spirit of the I like what I like quote on your adorable video, I operate under the I want what I want approach and I want a night with you. And he says, sounds wonderful. I want that too, very badly. She says, uh, well, make it easy for you. I have flexibility this month, done with school training big RFPs, etc. So the only thing I want on my to-do list is you. He says, sounds so hot and so fun. Pick a day, city, make up an excuse for the fam, ditch a staffer, starch your white shirt, and be ready to kiss a lot. <laughs> what? what? Starch your white shirt? Why do you need to starch the white shirt? What is that about? Is that code for something? Like the eggplant emoji? What am I missing? Starch your white shirt and be ready to kiss a lot. <laughs> hey, I've had the most amazing dreams of our time together and am thinking about you. That's what he says. Now, I don't know what that means. Our time together... Have, did they meet at some point? I don't know, because there are no dates associated with any of these texts. Happy belated birthday to Matthew. Cannot believe he's eight years old. He was so little when we met. Like, that's right in the middle of his sexting chain. She then says, thank you, hearts. Emoji. Um, he says, would make my day to roll over and kiss you about now. She says, you're so sweet. I would enjoy that. And then she says, are you doing okay? He says, nervous about the next 100 days. She says, understandable. Well, sending you love and support from here. I know you got this. So within 100 days of the election, we're only 30 away right now. So this is only two months ago. I think they pegged, uh, pegged it somewhere around July. Good Lord. I don't understand this. Of all the time, look, I'm not saying that there are any good times to ever carry on an affair, um, I, but... Like, if you're running for U.S. Senate in a in a race that is being watched by the entire national media, what the heck are you thinking? I don't I, I this is the I just don't get this at all. Maybe I just have a very low risk tolerance and I'm not I, you know, it, it's not like a motivator for me. I don't I don't uh, get high on the endorphin rush or the adrenaline rush on any of this stuff. I don't understand it. I just do not get why you jeopardize everything for something like that. I don't especially with I mean, you read these text messages like for that, for, for that, that's what you're going to throw everything. away. Oh, he probably hasn't thrown it away. Like I said, nobody's going to care. Do you think Democrats are going to not vote for this guy? Seriously, do you think there are Democrats out there that are like, you know, I was thinking about uh, voting for Cal Cunningham, but then I saw those not so steamy sexed messages and that's it. I'm out. Of course not. They're still going to vote for him. Everybody is still going to vote for who they're going to vote for. I don't think anybody's minds got changed. That's where we are. Your personal uh, uh, sexual proclivities apparently do not matter. You can have affairs and stuff and you can do this sort of thing and it's not going to matter. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. I just don't think, I, I think the culture has, like I said, slidden so far that, uh, that this doesn't, this is not going to make a difference. Uh, Wayne Goodwin, 
the chairman of the North Carolina Democratic Party said, as if to confirm what I've just told you, that the race is about which candidate will stand up for North Carolina and protect our health care. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's about health care. It's not about uh, whether or not he's, you know, sleeping around on his wife. By the way, there was a, you know, an old adage when it comes to this sort of stuff that this, um, that this is just the first time he got caught. That that's the that's the issue here. You never know if you are on the, uh, like if you're on that if the the like the the wife who's been cheated on here, uh, or and also the the husband who's a veteran out in California. Um, like that's by the way, like among veterans, like this is a really slimy thing, really really slimy. And I mean, yes, it's slimy to begin with, but on top of that, it's against a fellow veteran, you know. So I, I don't know. It's just this is just the first time you get caught at it. And like how many people were engaged in this kind of activity with him when nobody was looking at his text messages? Nobody cared about any of that. Now, I don't know how he got uh, how the media got a hold of the text messages. Uh, if I had to guess and this all, this is all this is, is just a guess. I'm guessing the husband out in California. I'm guessing he got a look at her phone, took the uh, took the screenshots and then sent them off to. Uh, to a publication that he trusted. So there's that. Uh, Meanwhile, there was an endorsement meeting that Cal Cunningham held with the McClatchy editorial boards. And I call them the McClatchy editorial boards because it's the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer. They're both owned by McClatchy along with the, was it the Durham Herald Sun? And uh, they, uh, they, they do all of the, it's like a joint venture deal they're all like one one board oversees all of the editorials so you get fewer people writing stupid opinions from multiple markets now yay us so the editorial board they have these uh, zoom meetings with the candidates in order to you know ask them questions and uh, get some quotes and get some uh, clicks on their website uh, well yes and also to help them determine who they want to endorse blah 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 um, but that's the that's ostensibly the purpose for this okay uh, by the way, I will tell you, spoiler alert, uh, the editorial board has endorsed seven Council of State Democrats versus three Council of State Republicans. I know. Who could have ever guessed such a thing would have occurred? There are 10 Council of State positions in North Carolina. The Council of State, these are all, uh, a lot of other states use these as like, uh, they'll be cabinet positions but in north carolina they're all elected so you've got lieutenant governor or sorry governor lieutenant governor uh, attorney general secretary of state superintendent for public instruction labor commissioner auditor insurance commissioner treasurer and agriculture commissioner and so far the mcclatchy board has endorsed only three Republicans, the insurance commissioner who's an incumbent mike causey and they said that was just barely which means they're endorsing Causey over Wayne Goodwin, but just barely. By the way, my my belief on their endorsements generally is this: they will find any reason that they can to endorse the Democrats that they want. They look at they're like tears, and then they try to find a Republican or two that they can throw in there to make it look legit. But I think the last Republican they endorsed for president, for example, was Eisenhower. Was he a was he a Republican? I think, but it's like. It's been like 50 years, 60 years or something like that. And um, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, superintendent of public instruction, 
labor commissioner and auditor. They've endorsed the Democrats in all of those races. Roy Cooper, uh, Yvonne Hawley, uh, Elaine Marshall, Josh Stein, uh, Jennifer Mangrum, and I don't even know the labor commissioner off the top of my head. The auditor is Beth Wood. Um, meanwhile, they've endorsed Causey for insurance. They endorsed the sitting treasurer, Dale Falwell, because he takes their phone calls and does interviews with them. He is very transparent. He talks to everybody. Uh, and then there's Agriculture Commissioner uh, Steve Troxler, which that's probably not that big of a, uh, of a surprise, especially considering what his Democratic opponent did over the weekend, Jenna Wadsworth, with her creepy video which I will get to. I've got the audio of that. We're going to get to that as well. Um, but there was an editorial board meeting where they sit down and they do these endorsements, right? They they interview all of the candidates. And so, and then, by the way, they take the video and they post it up online so people can see it. So last week, they sat down with Cal Cunningham. And here is the story from, um, where did this come out of? I believe this is, do, 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 do. I want to say this is from the, yeah, this is from the Washington Examiner. I believe that's the case. Yeah, this is Washington Examiner. So um, a question about, they, they asked him a question about his controversial involvement with a development project, okay? the This exchange occurs uh, in this interview, and then it gets part of, it's part of the video that gets uploaded, uh, but then it gets removed and edited out and then republished. And by the way, the Observer also told the... Um, uh, Washington Examiner to pull the video down as well, I guess, threatening them, you know, for copyright infringement or whatever, using their work. Uh, so here's the deal. Cal Cunningham was a lawyer for Southern Durham Development, specifically a project called 751 South Development in Durham. Ground was broken on this project. It was 166 acres. It was luxury multi-use development estimated to, uh, to be worth about half a billion dollars. This was in 2018 after years and years of litigation and resistance from neighbors and environmentalists. Uh, environmentalists. Cunningham, who represented the project in court, allegedly leaned on Republican State Representative Tim Moore, who is the Speaker of the House, uh, leaned on him, a college friend, uh, to introduce a bill securing water and sewer services for the site against the wishes of county officials. So think about that. Think about that. Cal Cunningham leans on state government to get something that the local government didn't want. That local government, they're Democrats. The state government, Republicans. So he leans on the Republicans to ram something through for a client despite Democrats' wishes. That might actually hurt him more <laughs> than the texting. <laughs> so the video was found earlier this week in an automatic player, or last week, I should say, uh, in an automatic video player at the Durham Herald Sun article. And uh, it was later replaced with a video about Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, according to the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So here's you can see what happened here. The NRSC, they found the video, they saw it, they then they, they save it and they uh, send it over to the Washington Examiner, and then they do the story. The Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer each published a lengthy joint editorial board interview with Cunningham, but that video was six minutes shorter than the one that got mistakenly uploaded at the Durham Herald Sun website. So you see what happened? You got three different sites, but there was all one board, editorial board. So 
the editorial board sits down with Cal Cunningham. They're interviewing him. And at one point in this process, a reporter by the name of Dan Kane comes in and he asks a few questions. And in the process of asking these questions about that development deal, um, the uh, one of the comms people for Cunningham, the spokeswoman, says, hey, this isn't really relevant and tries to shut the thing down. Um, North Carolina opinion editor Peter St. Onge of the Charlotte Observer, Raleigh News and Observer, and Durham Hell's Son told the Washington Examiner that the unedited version, including uh, including the discussion, was published inadvertently and in error. Quote, our editorial board's deliberations and opinions are separate from our news coverage. But we do in... Okay, but we do invite news reporters to sit in on candidate interviews and ask a question at the end if they would like. Their questions are for news gathering purposes and are not part of the editorial board's recommendation process. Because, I'm not buying that either, but, uh, and I'll explain why. Because news and opinion are separate and because the reporter's questions may be part of their reporting on future stories, we have opted to edit the reporter's questions and responses out of the video. Those clips uh, also could be later used with the reporter's future stories. Okay, so he's so he asks about this stuff. And during the process, uh, while uh, Cunningham, to his credit, is answering the questions as he's being asked, this uh, his uh, one of his comms people, last name Petrie, says um, first she tries to go to the editorial guy, uh, Peter St. Oge, and says, is this germane to the editorial board's decision? And um, and then she says, I'm going to jump in here. Um, I don't think that. These two, uh, Gene Davis or Tim Barger, I don't think that uh, their conversation about Cal's qualifications is relevant to Cal's qualifications to the U.S. Senate. I'd like to direct it back to questions from those on the board, if possible. St. Ong says, well, we did open it up to reporters as well, and I'm not going to prejudge or pre-edit any questions that come during this interview. So if Cal doesn't want to answer them, he's welcome not to, but I'm not going to edit questions up front. And then Dan Kane says... And just to be frank here, Rachel, Rachel Petrie, I reached out to you by phone and email and I did not get a response. And she says, well, I responded to you and said that we could not, that we did not have time to be interviewed. And, and then Kane says, and I said, fine, you know, let's make some time. That was two weeks ago. I'm happy to make that time if you want to. So she, so obviously, I mean, it's obvious to me what happened here, right? <clears throat> Dan Kane trying to track down a story. They're not talking to him. They won't return his calls. They're not going to book an interview with him, but they want the editorial endorsement from the editorial board. So Dan Kane says, hey, you guys usually let reporters in every now and again to talk, uh, ask some questions on other stories. Can I come in and do that? And the editorial board says, sure. And then the Cunningham campaign got upset about it. And to their credit, the editorial board allowed the, con- uh, the, um, uh, the questioning to continue. Now, this is normal, by the way. This is normal. I understand why they edited the video out. You might say selectively edited the video. I understand why they did it. I don't think there's anything unethical about it. I don't. I Because if you're a reporter, and this used to happen when I was a reporter at a radio station in Charlotte, and some talk show host would be in there, and they would have somebody come in to be a guest. And as that person was leaving after they had done the interview you know, on the show, they would be walking out, and I would be hanging out in the hallway afterwards. I'd say, hey, can I ask you a couple questions real quick about whatever, whatever? And, you, you know, that, and usually they say yes. 
because you got them. Like, what are they going to tell you? No, I can't. I got to walk past after, you know, I just spent half an hour on the air. <laughs> so, and, you know, you ask them two or three questions and that's it. You get a, you get some statements from them. I don't find there to be anything wrong with it. And I don't find there to be anything wrong with editing the video out. So it's not part of that endorsement interview because it's going to be part of Dan Kane's story. Or, you know, if it ever turns, we'll see if he turns it. Um, but that's part of his story. He's tracking down that story. So I understand that. Um, I don't find anything, you know, nefarious or unethical about it. Now, I will say this idea, though, that their deliberations um, on the races, on endorsements for the races, is separate from the news coverage. This is what Peter St. Onge said. They put out an, an editorial basically outlining everything that happened. And they say, uh, our board's deliberations on the races are separate from our news coverage. We invite news reporters to sit in on candidate interviews and to ask questions at the end if they choose. Well, that's not separate then, guys. That's not separate. Unless you're going to tell me that you're going to do an entire interview with Cal Cunningham, and then Dan Kane comes in and asks some questions about some development, and that's not going to influence your decision at all? Do you guys leave during that Q&A? Of course not. We know you don't because of the transcript and what happened on the video. So you guys sit in there and you listen. So don't say it's a separate thing. Your deliberations, because if he, because if Dan Kane starts asking Cal Cunningham some questions, and Cunningham says, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, you totally busted me. I engaged in illegal activity. Oh my gosh, you caught me!" Like you're going to tell me that's not going to be part of your deliberations? Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, again, just they they try so hard. To, to draw this line like, oh, we're not part of news. This is why I say that the idea of an editorial board that tells us like what they think about stuff is so anachronistic and unnecessary right now. I literally don't care what you guys have to think about anything. The only thing that the editorial board does is prove to me time and again how little they know about a great many things. It's not actually helpful to your brand. If you want people like me to subscribe to your service again, you might want to just blow out the entire editorial board. There's no reason for me to read anything that these people write, and what's more, anything that they edit that goes into the paper, now I view with suspicion, because they are wrong so many times. Okay, I've gone over this over the course of years. I'm not going to rehash it now. This is my opinion about the opinion people. So take it where it's coming from. Just a little old podcaster in Asheville, of course. Now, if you are looking for tools for uh, fall, yard, mowing, leaf, raking, uh, maybe you've got like pasture land that you need to maintain. It's all at General Equipment Rental. It's in Weaverville at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. It's the Husqvarna Fall Sale at General Equipment Rental now through the end of the month. They have got tons of awesome savings on gas-powered and battery-powered equipment. They're locally owned and operated, family-owned for three generations. All right, good people, locals, uh, and they would love to see you. Go on in and check out all of the different chainsaws, the blowers, the saws, the trimmers, the lawnmowers. Um, maybe you need a riding mower. Maybe you need one of the pro-grade stand-on mowers. Go to generalrents.com. You can get pre-qualified for zero interest for 48 months. 0% APR for 48 months. You can also learn about commercial fleet discounts. And keep in mind, maybe you just need a tool once. 
for a very specific project. The one that always comes to mind is like tile cutting. You know, you're going to redo some tile work, maybe put in a backsplash, and you don't have a tile saw. I mean, who who has a tile saw? If you're going to do one project, right, go to General Equipment Rental and you rent that. Okay, it's your source for all your equipment needs. Air tools, compressors, scaffolding, large power tools, small ones, all right, basically everything. I'm not going to name every single tool that's out there. There are a lot of tools, okay? And I learned a long time ago, by the way, that when I was renovating a house and also when I was working on cars, that uh, if you have the right tool, you can really do just about anything. And it's really empowering. So whatever the project, General Equipment Rental has the tool that you need. They're your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider as well. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com. That's generalrents.com. And think outside your toolbox. So Cunningham's opponent is the incumbent U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, a Republican. And uh, over the weekend, late Friday, he announced that he tested positive for coronavirus, becoming the second GOP senator who was at the White House on Saturday to be diagnosed with the virus. Quote, over the last few months, he said, I've been routinely tested, uh, including testing negative last Saturday. But tonight, my rapid antigen test came back positive. Tillis said uh, he's currently asymptomatic. He's the fourth senator known to have tested positive and the second member of the Judiciary Committee, which, of course, has all the Democrats all very excited that they're going to be able to um, derail the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court because uh, everybody will be too sick or dead to vote for her. Senators Rand Paul and Bill Cassidy both announced that they had tested positive, but that was back in March and August, respectively. Mike Lee, Republican from Utah, he was also at the White House event. Uh, uh, so now not this past Saturday, but the one before for the Barrett uh, announcement. And uh, he was seen not wearing a mask, and he has tested positive as well. Tillis, like Lee, participated in committee meetings and caucus lunches in the Capitol this week and also interacted with reporters. Staffers who were around the senator will now quarantine. The announcement of all of the people getting COVID, including the president, who then went to Walter Reed, and then there were all these reports that our anonymous sources say that President Trump is just about to die. And then, uh, oh my gosh, look at that. He's now driving through the streets and he's giving COVID to his Secret Service agents that are locked in the car with him. Um, Look, I don't think it was wise for him to do it. I'm not surprised that he would do it. I have no idea whether the Secret Service agents that were in the vehicle with him had previously had COVID-19. I don't know any of this stuff. But here's the thing. Neither do most media people that are opining about it on social media. This is what we have learned in the age of Trump, is that so many of the people in these institutions that we have relied on for so long, they're just garbage. They're garbage. They're relying on unnamed sources. I do not understand. If you are a reporter and you go on air and you give you know, reports, quote unquote, with unnamed sources that turn out to be inaccurate, I don't know how you still have a job. I don't know why you're still allowed to be on air and do unnamed sourcing type of stories. I do know why, obviously. It's because it's advancing a narrative that your uh, editors, that your bosses want advanced. And that's what I mean when I say these institutions are filled with people who are garbage. They're terrible at their jobs. They have no ethics. They're not They're not upholding standards. And then they're like, oh, I don't know why anybody doesn't believe us. How dare you call us fake news? Well, guys, you kind of are now, right? You've done this to yourselves. And it's really troubling to me because I wish it weren't the case because I rely on these institutions 
to know what is and is not so. All right, so then there's this story. North Carolina's Democratic candidate for Agriculture Commissioner, she, one of the three Democrats that did not get the endorsement from the Observer, from the uh, McClatchy editorial board, Jenna Wadsworth. The video appeared to be posted on Twitter at 3.05 a.m. after Trump tweeted that he had tested positive for COVID-19. And here's what Jenna Wadsworth tweeted in the video. Uh, Here's the audio, rather, of the video. So just a quick question. On a scale of 1 to 10, is this your favorite or most favorite October surprise in the history of electoral politics? For me personally, I think it ranks pretty high up there, but, you know, love to hear your thoughts. Oh. So I already know there's going to be those of you that say, but Jenna, is this really an October surprise? No to which I will happily put that poli side agree to use and say, well, technically, a October surprise is a late in the game, whoopsie, that is caused by human activity. They used to say man-made, but, you know, Let's give credit where credit is due. Women can cause that too. Technically, contraction of COVID is indeed caused by human action, rather inaction in the case of Trump, who denied this was a serious threat, didn't provide adequate PPE or testing early on. Oh my God, so much wrong with this. There's so much wrong with this. Okay, first off, yes, the vocal fry. If you don't know what vocal fry is, that's what it is. You just heard probably the best slash worst example of vocal fry. At the very beginning, I'm going to play that part of the clip again in a minute, so you'll hear it again. That's vocal fry. That's what drives me nuts. Um, The other thing is this, like, if you're going to do one of these videos, I don't know, have some sort of a script ahead of time, because that, it just, it's just cringy, you know, awkward, poorly delivered. But she, I think she was riding a bit of a high uh, because she had done some videos a couple weeks back that got a lot of virality that went uh, widespread, and so I think... She was sort of on that on that high trying to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle twice. Anyway, so there's the vocal fry issue. There's the cringiness of the scripting. Um, but then there's this um, there's the terrible music also, yes, in the background as well. Uh, and this this false framing, you know, people ask me, is it really an October surprise? Nobody's asking you if that's the case. Nobody's asking that. What does she say? Again, here's the beginning Listen for the vocal fry. Here's the beginning of the clip. So just a quick question. On a scale of 1 to 10, is this your favorite or most favorite October surprise in the history of electoral politics? Is it your favorite or most favorite? Those are your options. It's a scale from favorite all the way up to most favorite. So which part of that scale are you on? Favorite or most favorite? Why would you ask anybody if it's their favorite example of an October surprise that somebody got a life-threatening virus. Why would you do that? Like, this is why she got the condemnation from guys like Clay Aiken. (laughs) Clay Aiken, for real. Clay Aiken weighed in on this, the former Democratic candidate for Congress. He ran against Renee Elmers. Um, he said, there are plenty of my fellow Democrats who think this was uncalled for and immature. She should uh, do more than accuse the other side of twisting her words, because this is what she said when she took down the video. She said, I will not allow my words to be twisted, which is why you take down a video, of course, rather than let people see the video in its entirety. <laughs> 
you take it down so nobody has it and then um, they can just make up stuff. That's how you avoid people twisting your words or something. Uh, She says, I would never wish harm on anybody with this illness. And to be fair, she did not. She did not say, I wish Donald Trump uh, harm. She, uh, She goes on to say, I do want people to wear their masks and take the virus seriously which is what I've been saying since day one. I hope anybody contracting it recovers and is free of any long-term effects. I'm not walking back anything. That's why I took the video down. Folks on the opposing side are attempting to twist my words for political gain. My video referred to the incident as an October surprise, which it is. Instead of attacking me, the GOP should help hurting Americans and constructively respond to COVID. She then put out a much longer statement, which I won't even read, because the whole thing is this, you know, bashing Republicans. They need to do more. They should focus on the issues and not my video. Uh, And then, you know, trying to make this argument that, uh, look, you know, the purpose of the video was not to celebrate the president testing positive. It was a reaction to such a game changing event occurring a month before the election. Horse hockey. That's a load of crap. You gave people a scale of favorite to most favorite example of October surprises. You're you're giddy and gloating in his diagnosis of a life-threatening virus. Don't gaslight us. Even the Democratic Party had to put out a statement. Wayne Goodwin, he says, the sentiments in the video were not appropriate and we're pleased that it has been taken down. Uh, the, uh, the, we joined Vice President Biden in sending our best wishes to the Trump family for a quick recovery. By the way, if you ever are in a position where your website goes down and you need a quick recovery, if you've got Schaefer Smith helping you out, um, then chances are you're going to have it back up very quickly because Schaefer Smith, he knows website design, but he also knows maintenance and security, search engine optimization, Schaefer Smith design. You probably know a lot about your business and how to run it, but not a lot about website design and maintenance. Schaefer Smith can help you. Okay, Great design can actually solve a lot of problems that websites have. Professional services, corporate, small businesses, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you. Go to SchaeferSmith.com. Get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Next up, we've got Madison Cawthorn, who wrote an uh, Instagram response to a guy named Justin Richardson, who attacked him for standing during the Republican National Convention. Yeah, Justin Richardson, who has worked professionally in disability advocacy for the past 15 years. He's 40 years old. He was paralyzed in 03 during a uh, diving accident. Um, He sent he says this is John Boyle's column at the Asheville Citizen Times that uh, Richardson says he reached out to Cawthorn September 10th via Instagram to discuss Cawthorn's approach to his disability and offer some education. Okay, spoiler alert, Richardson is a Democrat. He doesn't live in the district. He reached out by attacking Cawthorn. Here's the exchange. This is him reaching out. Quote, the disability community and its allies would have so much more respect for you if you stopped the ableist stunts and shameless use of your own disability to score political points. See, purely for educational purposes, it's an extended hand palm open with an olive branch laying in it. I mean, it's meant to further dialogue, you know? Um, He goes on to say, you have an opportunity to represent our community as a candidate or representative if you win uh, the right way and show our country that people with disabilities can be functional, happy, meaningful contributors to society, which I don't know. That's what I kind of thought 
Cawthorn was doing, but posts like this turn both you and our community into objects for pity. You may be okay with that if it picks up a few votes in a tight race. The rest of us are not. This is, the, this is a 40-year-old guy who, by the way, I went and found this out, which John Boyle apparently uh, did not think was important. This guy is the executive director of the New Motion Foundation. New Motion is the leading provider of complex rehab technology. They, they work with disabled people, okay? And this guy from LinkedIn, this is his what his uh, resume says. Experienced director of advocacy with a demonstrated history of working in the medical device industry. Skilled in marketing, medical devices, sales, and sales operations. If you're a communicator, why would you go after Cawthorn like this? What did you think this was going to accomplish? Except, of course, what it did, which is Cawthorn responds, quote, The disabled community is so diverse, there's no way you can speak for everyone. I have zero idea how I am ableist, whatever the hell that means. I am not disabled. I am just a person who lives in a wheelchair. Chill the bleep out with all your labels. It's so annoying. Everyone has some ism or ist after their name. It's insane and tiring to everyone. And, of course... To people who hate Madison Cawthorn, this is another example that he is just too immature. Oh, by the way, the guy also shared a link to a post written by Kristen Parisi called The Audacity of Madison Cawthorn, where she says he hurt the disabled community by doing the act of standing up for the flag, you know, during the RNC. She called it inspiration porn. She said that the Republicans are trying to tokenize him. She called it disgusting. She said it broke her heart. She says uh, that he is a grifter and he is not fit to serve in Congress and that he did more harm to the community than he will ever understand. And this is the link that this guy, Justin, sends to Madison Cawthorn. But because Cawthorn said, chill the bleep out with all your labels, it's so annoying that now it's like, I can't believe he would talk to a constituent like that. Okay, first off, dude's not a constituent. He lives in Apex, not from here, first of all. Second of all, when you attack somebody, when you go looking for a fight, you can't really, I don't know, cry and whine that you found it. You found it, buddy. Good job. You went after him, he shot back, and now you're writing letters to the editor in the local paper in his district to try to help Mo Davis, who's the Democrat, who, oh, by the way, shares your political ideology in Apex. I know, right? This, <laughs> this is why they call it the silly season. It's also, by the way, a great season to buy or sell a home. Did you know that? It really is. You want to be in before the holidays? Then call Rowena Patton, okay? 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. You're buying a new house, she can help you with that. You're selling your house, she can help you with that too. She outsells 99% of the realtors in North Carolina. Uh, Christy and I are using her to buy our house as well. We're doing a build to suit. It's, you know, the it's a community that's under development and so we, you know, get to pick some items and stuff, but so ours is a much longer time frame, but if you need to move quickly, uh, then you need to get the house sold fast. And then you need to move into your next place because you don't want to get stuck paying two mortgages, right? Gosh, that'll drain your bank account before Christmas. Give her a call, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and tell her I sent you. Oh, and then start packing, by the way. Finally, the election board absentee ballot settlement consent deal, the latest on that. 
Friday, Superior Court Judge, this is at the state level, Brian Collins, this is the guy that said that the State General Assembly is a usurper legislative body because of redistricting, and so he like threw out all their laws, <laughs> and then he got overturned um, by a higher court, a smarter court. Anyway, Judge Brian Collins signed off on the deal letting the State Board of Elections rewrite several parts of a state election law dealing with the absentee ballots in the current election cycle. So no surprise there. We, we predicted this, uh, I guess I should say I predicted this, you know, weeks ago when uh, the consented agreement was unveiled and they said it had to be approved by this judge. You take a look at who the judge is and he's a radical lefty. So, of course, he's going to approve it. Uh, so that was at the state court level. Then at the federal level, a federal judge issued a temporary restraining order against the deal uh, shortly afterwards, like literally the same afternoon, Friday afternoon. U.S. District Court Judge James Deaver issued a TRO uh, blocking a proposal to remove witness signature requirements from the absentee ballots. His restraining order is in effect until October 16th unless the legal issues are settled out before then. Uh, his order came less than a day after he heard parties, because uh, it was issued over uh, uh, on Saturday, the federal lawsuit was heard on Friday. Uh, in three hours of oral arguments at the federal courthouse in Raleigh, lawyers for the elections board had just left a hearing in the state lawsuit where Collins gave them a favorable ruling. But Deaver said, you guys are violating what's called the Purcell Doctrine, which means that election laws and rules should not be changed near the date of an election because you throw everything into chaos. And that's what the Board of Elections has done in the last, you know, 90 days before the election. That's what they did. He said, your deal is in violation of the Purcell Doctrine. We'll get into more of the details in the coming week as well because there are way more details and some really satisfying moments uh, just like this program. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast for free. Give it a positive review. I appreciate that. And think about becoming a patron to get exclusive content. Thanks so much for the support. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>